Good morning. It's Friday, March 1st. I'm Deborah Frazier, sitting in for Beth Golay, and this is Wichita's Early Edition. For 75 years, a race in liberal Kansas has challenged people to run a quarter mile while holding a frying pan with a pancake in it. The tradition may seem like an oddity, but members of the community say it offers real economic benefits in recruiting. They don't want to live somewhere. They're not going to move a company there. And so I think part of it is it shows that, hey, there is a slice of Americana that still exists out here. It's coming up after the news. Trans youth in Kansas would no longer be able to access gender-affirming health care if proposed legislation becomes law. As KMUW's Rose Conlon reports, lawmakers heard testimony on the issue Thursday. Two bills would ban prescribing puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and some surgeries for Kansans under 18. But all major medical groups support the care for youth with gender dysphoria. D.C. Hegert with the ACLU of Kansas said banning it would be unconstitutional and put trans youth at greater risk of suicide. We know it will cause serious harm. People will die. Families will suffer. A group of largely out-of-state proponents said the bills would protect Kansans from pursuing a gender transition they might regret. Lawmakers failed to pass similar legislation last year. They enacted other laws restricting participation in sports and blocking trans people from changing their gender on their state ID. For KMUW News, I'm Rose Conlin. Mays High School and Mays Career Academy are adding extra security this week following a threat to Mays High. District officials say students will be screened using a weapons detection system before entering the schools. Students will have laptops and binders out of their backpacks or bags for the screening. Absences at any Mays school will be excused today if parents prefer to keep their children home. District leaders say an anonymous message was discovered at Mays High School. They're working with law enforcement to investigate the threat. For the second time this week, an inmate has died at the Sedgwick County Jail. Authorities say a 41-year-old woman was found unconscious Thursday in her bed. She was pronounced dead about an hour later. County says the woman had a history of medical problems. She'd been hospitalized twice since being taken into custody about three weeks ago. A 45-year-old man died Tuesday after suffering a medical condition over the weekend. The Kansas Bureau of Investigation is working with the sheriff's office to investigate the deaths. The Community Blood Center of Greater Kansas City is seeking donations to replenish local blood supply after the recent mass shootings at the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. The nonprofit says it provided hundreds of units of blood to hospitals after the shooting that left one dead and more than 20 injured. A blood drive was held Thursday at the Kansas State House, where Governor Laura Kelly and many state lawmakers donated. Guy Niederhauser with the Community Blood Center says more donors are always needed. 60% of the general population is eligible to donate blood, and only 3% actually do so. The Community Blood Center provides 90% of the blood used by hospitals in the Kansas City region. Those interested in donating blood can find more information at savealifenow.org. A woman who opened fire in Wichita's Whole Foods store in 2021 has been sentenced to prison. 
Danielle Robinson pleaded guilty in January to several charges, including two counts of attempted second-degree murder. She was sentenced this week to about 16 years in prison. Police say Robinson walked into the store near 13th and Webb with a handgun. When two officers arrived, she fired at them. They returned fire, wounding Robinson. She was scheduled to stand trial in June, but instead agreed to plead guilty. We'll be back after this. The stories our families share often have a tremendous impact on who we become and what we pass on to future generations. From stories shared around the dinner table to those we've heard well into adulthood, these stories are important and should be remembered and celebrated. We'll be sharing some of these stories at KMUW's Wichita's Big Read event on April 19th. If you have a family story to share, go to KMUW.org to find out more info and apply to be a speaker today. This is Wichita's Early Edition. I'm Deborah Frazier. This year marks 75 years of what's known as the Pancake Day Race in the southwest Kansas town of Liberal. Racers run a quarter mile carrying a frying pan with a pancake in it. Kaylin Moore of the Kansas News Service reports on why the community keeps the international tradition alive and how towns benefit from these types of local festivals. A dozen women dressed in aprons and headscarves holding frying pans are lined up in downtown liberal Kansas for the annual pancake race. People gathered next to the race course cheer as women run the quarter mile in this race marking the 75th anniversary of the annual festival in Kansas. A local DJ from radio station KSCB hypes up the crowd at the finish line. Let's bring them through! 75 years of celebrating pancake day! This unusual tradition actually goes back even farther to 1445 in Olney, England. Women and girls prepare for that annual pancake race, an event five centuries old. The story goes that a woman was making pancakes for Lent, a period of fasting before Easter. She heard the church bells, meaning she was late, and ran to church clutching the pan with the pancakes still in it. To commemorate that, the people of Olney started the pancake race. You can take their word for it that a frying pan can be quite a handicap, but look at their speed. Then in 1950, a man from Liberal saw a magazine article about the race and wanted to use it to promote his town. He challenged only to an international Pancake Day race. Since then, racers from Liberal gather, run the race, and compare times with officials from Olney. Your, your time was 1 minute 0303. Our time was 103.37. So. Those cheers are because this year, 19-year-old Pamela Bolivar from Liberal won. But this whole festival is no small feat. It takes dozens of volunteers and contributions from the community. Why keep investing time and money into a breakfast food race? Gary Clausen, chairman of Pancake Day, says that it gives the town a connection to something bigger. I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of nowhere. In a small sense, we are, we're connected internationally. Small towns across the state and nation have their own festivals and traditions. Whether it's the Tulip Festival in Wamego, Kansas, or the Balloon Regatta in Columbus, Kansas, Clausen says communities are looking for ways to bring people in and bring them together, no matter how silly. Why in the world would you take a, a 63-second race and turn it into a four-day event? Yeah, we embrace the silliness of it, and then it turns into something big. 
But these celebrations aren't just a small town's attention grabber, they offer economic benefits. Eli Swati, economic development director for Liberal, says it's hard to stand out when trying to attract businesses and industries. Something like Pancake Day can make the town memorable to companies looking to relocate. They don't want to live somewhere. They're not going to move a company there. And so I think part of it is it shows that, hey, there is a slice of Americana that still exists out here. There also can be direct economic benefits of bringing in tourists, staying in hotels, and having the community out for the day. Sales tax revenue in February last year, when the race was held, went up $100,000 compared to the months before and after. Liberal Tourism Director Sally Fuller says being known for something makes Liberal an easier sell to tourists. While we might not actually get the visitors on the actual Pancake Day, people notice Liberal because of Pancake Day. Building that sense of community can be vital as towns try to fight the trend of rural populations shrinking. Towns can leverage their values of community to encourage people to stay or even return. These kinds of events are a way to, to advance social cohesion. You know, it gives people a reason to get together. That's Christy Davis, Rural Development Director for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Rural communities can take pride in their local festivals, and the gatherings highlight the positive attributes that small towns still offer. There's still community. There's still a place where you're running into people on the street one-on-one -on -one that you've known your whole life. Um, and there's something about that uh, is lost in a lot of places. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Kaylin Moore in Liberal. Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Wichita's Early Edition. This week's podcasts were produced and edited by Tom Shine, Beth Golay, Luann Stevens, Haley Krausen. Contributors this week include Lauren Amalunke, Sheila Brummer, Kylie Cameron, Rose Conlon, Greg Eklund, Fletcher Powell, Beth Golay, Celia Hack, Blaze Mesa, Celia Yopes Jepson, Peggy Lowe, Dylan Lyson, Kaylin Moore, Suzanne Perez, Beck Shackelford Nwanganga, and Tom Shine. We'll be back again on Monday for KMUW News. I'm Deborah Frazier. Wichita's Early Edition is part of the NPR Podcast Network. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.